Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome to episode 31 of the Leadership is Female podcast, where I interview Jacqueline Hawkins, CEO of Women's Hockey Life. When Jacqueline does something, she goes all in and currently navigates building a women's hockey empire while raising toddler twins in Ottawa, Ontario. The idea for Women's Hockey Life began over a slice of pizza in Switzerland, where Jacqueline decided how she'd stay involved in women's hockey after retiring from a successful playing career with the University of Connecticut Huskies in the NCAA D1, Boston Blades of the CWHL, ZSC Lions in Switzerland, and even a stint with Hockey Canada as well as an accomplished coaching career. Fast forward 10 plus years and Jacqueline has created and runs the leading women's hockey website and community, along with multiple branches under Women's Hockey Life to help give other women the opportunities she had without the mistakes she made. She also runs an eight-week online course to help high school girls navigate the college recruiting process. Women's Hockey Life focuses on highlighting, promoting, and supporting women's hockey around the world at every level. From youth and university hockey to the pros and beer league heroes, they cover it all. You'll hear it all from this no-holds-barred, passionate leader and coach. I met Jacqueline because we served on a panel together at a women in sports event. What was the event? Elevating women in sports, of course. I instantly loved Jacqueline's passion for her sport of hockey and her passion for helping other women. She is as inclusive as they come a coach extraordinaire, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation as she brings us all along for the ride. Let's go. Episode 31 of Leadership is Female. Today on the Leadership is Female podcast, we welcome Jacqueline Hawkins, CEO of Women's Hockey Life. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, so excited to have you. I know it's been a long road (laughs) to get you on here today as we've navigated through shutdowns and kids home and COVID protocols and everything else. And um, I'm talking to to Jacqueline. I'm in Reno. Jacqueline's in Canada. And we are connecting to to bring you guys some awesome dialogue today. So I want to put the ball in your core and say who you are, what you do, and how you got there. That's a loaded question. I, I, I've been asked this before as far as like who you are. And I'm like, I'm a lot of things. Like I'm a mom, first of all, to four and a half year old twins. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. You know, I'm a teammate. I'm a coach. I'm, I'm a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, I, I, those are all parts of who I am. Um, who I am today is an entrepreneur. I, I run my own business. How I got there was 
I was a hockey player for gosh, 23, 24 years of my life. That's what, that's what I did. And then when my playing career ended, I became a collegiate coach. So I coached at the NCAA division one level, university of Connecticut did that for four or five years. Um, and then I had my, my two beautiful twins. Um, and that kind of ended that, but it then led me to what I believe is my purpose, which is my business. It's women's hockey life. It's empowering these young girls into strong, independent women. And we're just using the game of hockey to do it. It's kind of a little bit of trickery, but at the same time, it's, it's everything that I wish I had that I didn't going through the whole process. Um, and that is kind of what fuels me today to do what I do. And now that I have my own kids, I, I see the importance of it even more. So that's, that's kind of my driving force, I guess. My kids are my driving force and you know that as a mom, you get it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And setting that example for them for the future. And we're also both in the business of leading women forward through different um, initiatives and in women's hockey life really does that. So tell us more about it. Why did you start it? What do you hope to achieve? Who's involved? Who contributes? And, and what's the end game? It's been a long journey. It's, it's not the overnight success that you read about or anything like that it's, it was 10 years ago, we incorporated. So I was 24, 25 at the time. And it was just this passion. It was this burning sense of, this is what I need to do. At, at the time I thought I was done. My, my, my collegiate career ended. So I was like, how do I stay involved? What do I need to do? Um, long story short, I ended up creating what's now women's hockey life. And it was essentially a news outlet, a blog outlet, call it what you want, but we got a bunch of players together who were playing in college at prep schools, youth hockey, um, overseas to just blog about their experiences. What are you doing? What are you going through? How is it? Um, and more so it took off overseas. So any, any of the, for me, I, I played in Switzerland after I graduated. So that's kind of what sparked it. And was my way of being able to inform my friends, parents of what's going on. And then let's say, why not create a website and then we can allow other people to voice their experiences. So it was just a platform for everyone to come together to say, Hey, there's this opportunity over in Sweden or in Australia or Austria. Um, and so it started that way. And then fast forward a couple of years. Now I'm coaching again at the university of Connecticut. And now I can't do what I want to do because there's a lot of rules. <laughs> the NCAA level, there's a lot of rules. So I can't now reach out to players that are in grade nine, 12 to blog, to do what I want to do with the vision I have for this company. So I kind of had to put it on hold. So from 2000, gosh, now you're, now you're making me question the dates. I'm like, I can't even imagine. When was that? I think it was about 2012, 13 until 2017 ish. Um, I had to put it on hold. And it became a passion project. So it's what I worked on at the night on at nights when I wasn't working um, weekends, if I had weekends off, but as an NCAA coach, anyone listening to this knows there's no days off. There's no weekends off. It's 24 um, seven. So I just kind of kept at it, but um, didn't dive in completely. And it wasn't until I had my twins that that's when I finally was able to dive in because I left coaching. So now it's turned into, yes, we still have womenshockeylife.com, which is the main central hub of anything and everything women's hockey related from youth to uh, college, to prep school, you know, to overseas, international Olympics, everything. And now we have um, a branch of our, our, our company is the Academy. So WHL Academy is, I think what really fuels me. It's, it's an eight week online course that helps high school age female hockey players navigate the whole college recruiting process. 
Okay. So from beginning to end, you want to play in college, you've got the drive, the determination, you're coachable, you're committed. Let's do this. And I've hired a bunch of amazing women to help me on this endeavor. And it's, it's from Brianna Decker, who's a current U.S. Olympian, to Barb Egan, full scholarship student athlete at The Ohio State University. She's a clinical counselor, right? She's, she's done it all. She's got the whole mindset piece behind it. Carson Duggan, unreal. She's coached NCAA D1, D3. She played D1. They've all done it. They've all lived it. So now we're trying to empower this next generation to do the same but give them the resources that we didn't have. Yeah. I mean, it's a very confusing process. How do I navigate this? How do I get recruited? Then how do I decide? When do I know if it's a good deal? What colleges do I pick to visit? Um, so that's, that's incredible that you have undertaken such, such a big endeavor. And I'm sure it's so helpful for, for hockey players and also for their parents to feel like they have some guidance through that process. Parents love us. As soon as they sign on, it's like, okay, she's yours. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what do you hope to achieve? Is the end goal elevating women's hockey? Is the end goal empowering girls to be the best that they can be? What's the end goal? I think it's both. No, it is both. It's elevating women's hockey it's the fastest growing sport right now. There's a lot of movement momentum behind it. The PWHPA came out with a bunch of announcements recently and, and they're going to be streaming with the NHL network and they've, they've got a lot of endorsements behind them. It's it's so it's helping elevate them and what they're doing in the missions behind it, giving them a voice, highlighting them. But at the same time, again, I think it gets back to the Academy and what we're doing is, is where I'm passionate about is giving these young girls, the tools that I didn't have, to be able to be successful. And, and I say that not to, um, not to take away from the coaches, my parents, my siblings, or anybody else that helped me along my journey, because I had an amazing journey. I, I, I was able to go to a prep school. I got a full scholarship to play at, at UConn. Like I lived the dream, right? But I always wonder like, what else could I have done if I had X, Y, and Z? What about those players that aren't in that top 5% of their recruiting class, right? How can they get the expo that exposure? How can they be seen? And how can they have that experience that's going to give them the confidence to then succeed in life, right? At that next job and the business that they're going to maybe open up or develop or just be a part of. So, so it's, it's twofold. It's that, but at the end of the day, it's really, for me, everything is, a, it comes back to mindset and how you see yourself and, and, how you can find your purpose and not be derailed by the people around you, even if they have the best intentions, right? But really chase after what your heart is telling you to go after. So let's dig in there because <laughs> you are an entrepreneur. Yes. Women's Hockey Life, you started this from the ground up and our listeners are really working hard and hustling in their careers. So tell us about that struggle. Give us some great tips. How do you not be derailed by the people around you? How do you execute the best business plan? How do you rebound after a mistake? Let's dig into to some of those uh, foundational pieces that are 
so necessary to persevere in a startup as an entrepreneur? For me, it comes back to a belief. Beliefs are huge. Like you're given beliefs as a kid from how you're parented to your teachers, your coaches, they all instill different beliefs that in fact, probably aren't even yours, but you still hold on to them today because that's how you were quote unquote, teached, coach, parented, whatever. So it's questioning everything, challenging everything. Is that really what I believe? Is that really the religion that I believe in? Is it, is it the culture that I want to grow up in? Is it, I don't know, it, it can be anything. But for me, it was like, I never, I shouldn't say never because I did when I was younger. When I failed, it was heartbreaking. Like I got cut from Team Ontario. I got cut from Team Canada. I got cut from like AAA boys teams. Like I got cut a lot and it was, okay, what do I, what do I do now? I got cut. I got cut my dreams to, 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 to be in the Olympics, to play for team Canada, but they cut me. So what do I do now? Right. And, and does it mean I change my dream? I focus my goal maybe, or is it, I have a new dream, a new destination, a new purpose. Um, and for me, it has been the biggest lesson for me is accepting failure. I have learned to accept it as a blessing, as something that I needed I wasn't ready yet to experience whatever it was that I thought I needed to. I had to go through this failure in order to understand something about myself internally to at the end of the day though, too, like I need to say this, like I got cut from team Canada because I wasn't good enough. Like at the end of the day, skill alone, I wasn't good enough. And that was a hard pill to swallow. So I now, I understand that now and I understood it a little bit afterwards, but sometimes your best may not be enough, but that failure can then turn into a new goal, a new vision, a new dream. And it's actually realigning you to what your purpose in life is. Super, super hard to understand in the moment. I get it. I've been through it a ton, but like once you see the path for what is to come, you get why you went through all those failures. So for me, accepting failure and learning from it has been the biggest growth that I have had personally. And that, that's had then allowed me to succeed professionally. If that makes sense. Um, of course. I mean, so much beauty in what you said there. And I just, I've got to restate some of this because you said that to rebound fr- from a failure, you have to redefine a new dream, a new lesson, a new purpose, accept failure as a blessing and that you had to go through that thing in order to stay the course on your journey. So sometimes in that moment, that roadblock, that rejection, that no, oh, it's heartbreaking. We've all gone through it, but it's, it's in that time afterwards, allow yourself to feel those feelings, get that vulnerability out, be disappointed. That's okay. But then what's on the other side? And I think you know, you've really laid that out beautifully, how that failure is the key to that next step. With your career, obviously you've had a lot of these hurdles. Is there one specific hurdle or maybe a couple um, that you can identify? There's some lessons learned from those instances that you'd like to share. I think it's, it's me. Like, I've been the only reason I haven't achieved what I have envisioned achieving. I have been the only limitation 
in my own success. And that has been like a revelation that I've had recently, to be honest, is I can do anything that I want to do. Literally, I could do anything. I could learn a new language. I could play the guitar. I could learn how to dance. My kids think I'm a horrible dancer, but, uh, but the only thing that's stopping me is fear. And that comes from like self-doubt. Like I, if I think back to my business, like I said, I, we started, I incorporated 10 plus years ago, but I never dove into it completely because I had a ton of self-doubt, lack of confidence, lack of education. But I knew deep within my soul that we were building something at Women's Hockey Life that would change the lives of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions. I don't know. I, I don't have the data on that one. But the, like my idea, the more I tried to explain it to other people, family, friends, anyone I tried to get to invest, like the more I questioned myself because I was asking them to see something that they weren't meant to see, right? It was my vision. It was given to me for a reason. So of course I got frustrated and discouraged when I'd, you know, when, when I'd tell these people with excitement, like, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be awesome. And then they just came back at me with a million questions. And I was like, wait, why aren't you excited? Like, this is going to be amazing. And they're like, how are you going to do it? How are you going to afford it? Who's going to pay for it? What, you don't know how to run a computer. You're like, what will this, that, and the other. And it's like, I'll figure it out. And, and I remember the early years of the business. And this is, I guess, comes back to the self-doubt like me being the issue, me being the reason why it wasn't flourishing is the self-doubt, the lack of confidence, the lack of education is I still to this day remember talking to family and friends being like, I just need to find someone that I can partner with who understands business. Cause that wasn't my background. My parents ran their own business. Yes, but this is different. It was different because there was brick and mortar. This is internet based. There's a lot of other components that are different from how it was for my parents. And I just, I, I just remember being like, I got to find a partner. I got to find a partner. I got to find a partner. And then I kept waiting for like that quote unquote knight in shining armor to save me, right. To save me, to save my business, to make this work. And it, it took me years to finally realize that no one was going to save me. This was my dream. This was my purpose. This was my vision. So I had to learn, I had to figure it out. I, the amount of, of information I know now about the back end of websites social media, like even podcasting, like I have learned so much over these last four or five years because I finally stopped waiting for someone to save me and just dove in and started to learn myself, which is scary. But I, at the end of the day, it's me. I'm alone. Everyone's alone. So if you can find the courage and the strength to look within and do what you need to do in order to fulfill that purpose, that passion that you have, then you're never going to be disappointed because at the end of the day, it comes back on you. And if you've done what you need to do, you're going to be successful. And if you keep believing in yourself, you're going to be okay. And there's no timeline, right? This is the other big thing. I'm sorry. I'm going on tangents here. Like I, I apologize, but, but it's like, there's no timelines. It's like, I wanted this to happen 10 years ago when I first started, I wanted it to happen 10 years ago. I knew what we were building and I knew what I wanted to look like. And there's still like facets of our, our business and branches of our business that we haven't even launched yet that I know are going to happen. But I, I wanted it to happen instantaneously. And maybe that's the world we live in now. It's instant. It's instant. So 
that's been a huge lesson for me is to just be patient. I'm going to be given the information that I need, the experiences that I need when I'm ready for them. No, no sooner, no, no later. Like it's going to happen when I'm ready. And to this day, it's the, it's been the truth. Like I look back on these last 10 years and I'm like, I wasn't ready. I had this, had I had success 10 years ago, we'd be out of business. Like, so it's having that belief and, and in yourself and knowing that what you're doing, what you're building, it's, it's for a bigger purpose than who you are. And there's two things, mic drop, um, that I got (laughs) to highlight from, from there. You have an internal knowing and belief in yourself about what you want to achieve in your company. And that has been your guiding light to persevere through these hurdles, through these failures, through these, these pivots uh, of the organization. And then the second time I want to talk, or the second sort of extraction from that is the timeline piece. You're right. I think we are more impatient as a culture than we've ever been. Things are instant on our phones, rides, food, likes, friends, gratification, you know, everything is literally at our fingertips. And so it's really hard to live a life that's sort of separate from those instantaneous expectations. And I also think that's part of the athlete mindset. Like you can outwork it, right? Like if you you can practice a skill, you can run faster. Um, there's, there's so much that you can just dial in on and practice, 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 and see those results. And business is harder because it's, it's a bit more of an abstract concept with a lot more of unknowns that are out of your control. And I had this, um, another guest on the podcast, Rhonda Cedillo, who's the CFO of the San Diego Padres. She talks a lot about timelines and patience. She got her dream job I hope I'm right on this decade. I believe in her fifties, maybe forties, either way, a lot went into that career before that thing was recognized. And when she got there, the timing was perfect and she felt young and vibrant and excited. And it was like looking back and and mentoring and and speaking with 20 year olds who want the C-suite tomorrow, you've got to sort of pump the brake a little bit and know that all that you're going to learn along that path is going to be critical to your success in the future. So I'm really happy that you brought up that timeline piece. Cause I think that's really important. We want it all. We want it all right now, but really things happen and they will happen for you in the right order. So to, to add on to that, just with my personal journey is again, like 10 years ago, I would have loved for this to have all happened ASAP, but I knew, sorry, I shouldn't say I knew. Now I know that I had to go through the life experiences that I had, the careers, the different opportunities to now empower these young girls into strong, independent women. Because had I done it 10 years ago, I would have never been an NCAA coach. I would have never had those five years, six years of experiences of touring families around campuses, getting to know them. What are your struggles? What, what's, what are the challenges in your recruiting process? Like I have so much information and data now that I can relate to these families. I get it. I've been there I, as a, not only as a student athlete, but now as, as an NCAA coach. And, but I, at my young, naive 25 year old self, I, I didn't get that. And it's just trusting and, and it literally, it's just trusting that you're put on a path for a reason. And these roadblocks, like you said, are, are 
put there for a reason so that you can have the information to then fulfill your life's purpose in the future. Even if you don't know what that is yet. I didn't know 25. I, I would have never told you that I would be doing this ever. It's such a great example because your experiences as a coach are what lead you to success in this eight week online course. Now instructing kids and their parents on how to navigate the recruiting process. So truly, I mean, one, one thing does lead to another and having that patience and grace with yourself to, you know, take a deep breath and, and take the hits and learn from them and not be so expectant on those timelines that the big win is tomorrow because you might not be ready for that. And that's the truth. And, and one little tidbit of advice, cause like what we're talking about, like, okay, intellectually people probably understand this, right? Like, okay, that's great. But like, how do you actually implement that? How do you, okay, great. I need to, I need to wait. I need to be patient, but like the anxiety, the stress is still there, right? Like I still feel anxious because I know what I want to do, but I'm not there yet. And, and you just obsess over that you obsess over the end result. And if nothing else, if whoever it is, that's listening to this, whether you want to chase a dream job or play in college or whatever it is like that vision, that dream you have, the one thing I would say to you is let go of the end result. Let go of the expectation. Like as soon as you stop obsessing over what that end result is, it's going to be so much bigger than what you even imagined. And, and I, so like, again, to like try and put it so that people understand, like I wanted to play in the Olympics. That was my goal. I got cut done donezo but in that process in that experience all those experiences i had from being cut and being cut and being cut i am now being led on a, a different path that i believe i can impact more people than if i were an olympian but i didn't know that when i was 19 when i was 23 like when i had the tryouts i didn't get that but as soon as you let go of the expectation of what you think it should be i guarantee you it's going to be bigger than your wildest dreams like way bigger, way, way, way bigger. But it's, it's in that moment of just letting go. You have to let go and have the belief that it's going to happen. And what I say to myself, whenever I get in that, because everyone gets in those negative spirals of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. This, this isn't working. Like I get it. I still do it. 36. I understand. I don't think I'm, am I 36? I'm 36 in two days. <laughs> At 36 years old, I still have those moments, but I'm now able to catch myself quicker. So whenever I go down those negative paths and I now say to myself, I catch it, I stop myself and I'm like, everything's working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. I am okay. I am loved. I'm enough. I'm safe. And I just like keep reiterating those positive affirmations because that's the truth. It really is the truth. Like I am okay and I am enough. And whatever I didn't get as a kid, or in my adult life, like I have to give that to myself now. I have to be my own savior. And it gets back to the business. I kept looking for a business partner to help me and to save me. And it's like, no, I am enough. I can do this. I can figure it out on my own, but I have to believe that. And I have to feel it. So it's all of these like little moments throughout the day. Cause it happens all the time, right? Like of, of stopping the negative thoughts instilling that, that self-belief, the self-confidence within yourself and knowing that everything is working out for you. Everything is always working out for you. It always is. But until you believe that it's hard, but as soon as one thing happens, one little quote unquote miracle, one coincidence, 
as soon as that happens and then it happens again and again and again, like you'll understand and you'll believe it. And it's just, it's part of life. It's a part of the process. And, and I hope that everyone listening to this has those experiences because as soon as you see it, you're going to be like, oh, I get it. But you have to believe it first. It's not going to show up until you believe it. You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com. Join our newsletter. Check out all the episodes of the podcast and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. So belief leading to the win, yep. recognizing the win, celebrating the win. Before it happens. And then those positive affirmations. I mean, there's, there's all this information about this negative self-talk and the way that we talk to ourselves, we'd never say that to our best friend. So how can we start to change that internal dialogue and be our biggest, biggest cheerleaders? And I, I want to sort of spin off of that comment a little bit um, to talk about your community at Women's Hockey Life. You have a lot of contributors who help you with with content and writing and and sharing their experiences. One of the articles that I had seen recently posted on your Women's Hockey Life Instagram was Athletes and Mental Health, Why the Stigma? So you are not the author, but you know the author well. Talk to us a little bit about the article, the author, and and your thoughts um, on athletes and mental health. Yeah, so ironically enough, um, the author of that article is Justine Fredette. I'll give her a little shout out here. Uh, And she was a player that I coached while I was at UConn. Um, Unbelievable student athlete, great player, like would go through a wall for you. And the I think the irony in all of this is how I viewed her as a coach was here's the objective, go do it. And she would literally just go do it. Not take any, anyone else's feelings, emotions. I don't care if I have to run through a brick wall or run you over at the same time, I'm going to go do it. And that's what we loved about her as a coach. Like we needed this done, go block, go on the PK block shots. She'll do it. So the fact now that she's in mental health, that's her profession. I'm like, I love this because she has that I, I, what I think you're referring to is that athlete mentality, which I have too, and which has caused some roadblocks, I guess, in my own professional entrepreneurial career now is if you work hard enough, you'll get it. If you can just fight through that physical pain, you'll get it. But in going through the physical pain, there's this emotional side of it too. And that's, what's not talked about as much, although it is becoming a more common theme and an increasing um, need, but that. that's why the content that we put out is so heavily focused on that. And especially when in our Academy, like we have two mindset coaches and then there's me and another coach to help with more of like the, 
the um, XYZ of the whole recruiting process, but we've invested in two mindset coaches because that's so important. It's how do we build your mindset? How do we give you that bulletproof mindset so that and the tools needed to cope with life, right? Like, so we're using the game of hockey to teach you this stuff, but how do you deal with parents? Maybe that don't support you. Maybe that, you know, teachers or coaches, or you have teammates that are hard to deal with. Like, what can you do? And it's, it's basically always going to be a mirror reflecting back to you, right? What you see and what you're feeling about somebody else internally has something to do with you. And I know we're getting deep here and I don't mean to go too no, deep. No, I love it. I was just writing down, okay, ask Jacqueline about, more about mindset coaches. Give us a few of those insights. Like what are what are a few of the biggest takeaways that that these coaches are giving to your students? And of course, then you're like extracting from, yeah. from what they're laying down and then putting it back into the business. Yeah. Let's, let's lean into that. I know I, I didn't really get too deep on you, but at the same time, like this is where, love like, it. as you can tell, I'm getting up. I'm like, this is where I'm passionate. Like, this is what I love is first of all, ask for help. Okay. So like all of the players that come into our course, we have weekly mindset calls. So every Monday night you can talk to one of our mindset coaches live. Okay. So, so it's, it's being able to reach out to somebody who isn't your parent, your coach, your teacher, your friend, your sibling, somebody that doesn't know you unbiased third party right? So ask for help is number one. Two is understand that people don't do things to you. They do them for themselves. So when Emily say, I don't like that you're wearing a hoodie right now because we're on a podcast together. You're wearing a hoodie. Why would you dress like that? Why aren't you looking professional? Why aren't you this, that, and the other? Like, if you were to say that to me, I'd be like, because I'm comfortable. This is what makes me feel me. This is what I feel alive right now. Like, I don't care what your thoughts are. Like you, you, you sending that attack at me. And again, you're not, you're not actually doing that, (laughs) but, but at the same time, like if someone were to say that to me, like I literally wear the same thing for every interview because I'm like, one, I'm comfortable with two. It's my business. I can, I can self-promote. I can be selfish and say, Hey, if anyone looks at this and sees my hoodie says women's hockey life, great. But there's going to be people that are like, but you're on the hockey news, you're on sports illustrated. Like, why are you wearing that? And I'd be like, because that's me. And if you don't want to accept me, then I don't care. That's your own issue. Mm-hmm. Like you think you have this perception, this belief that if you're on sportsillustrated.com, that you have to look professional. What does look professional? What does that mean? I'm all about, and so are our mindset coaches question everything. Is that your belief? Is so, it, it's my, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So you said, understand that people don't do things for you. They don't do things to you. To they do you. for themselves. They, yes. Yep. So people don't do things to you. They do them to themselves. So maybe my, you know, so in like this example, which by the way, I love your hoodie. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg wears hoodies every day. Same outfit. I less, think about what I have to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Less decisions to make. I think that's fantastic. So, so if I had said something like that to you, it would have been more about like some reflection of myself or my own self-beliefs rather than anything really having to do with you in the first place. 100%. I, I would actually then flip it to you. And so if you were one of my students and you said that to me, I would say, okay, well, why do you believe that? And then we'd get deeper into it. Well, my parents think that you have to X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 or my teacher, this, that, and the other. And I would say, okay, if, if, what do you feel most comfortable in? 
where do you feel like yourself? Right. And, and usually as we like dive deeper and deeper into it, it comes back to that's not their belief. It's just something that's been ingrained in them. So like we try and challenge them to be like, like we've literally, Emily, like we've literally had players come through our course who don't go on to play hockey in college because they've realized it's not their dream. It's their parents' dream. It's their coach's dream. It's their grandparents. It's they're doing this for somebody else. And while on like the stat sheet, it may look like we failed. Actually we've succeeded because we've allowed them to be who they are and not fulfill someone else's dream. So I, I, I never shy away from talking about that because I'm, or they want to play a different sport, you know, like that hockey's not their passion. It was lacrosse or soccer or something else. So I always, I, I just, I question everything because I'm like, at the end of the day, our beliefs stemmed from our childhood, which we didn't have the cognitive ability to question. And I'm personally going through all of that too. And I have been for the last 10 years of like, well, is that my belief? Parenting. Parenting is a huge thing for me right now. Like, well, why, why wouldn't I let them do that? Is it, is it not safe? Okay. Well, it's not safe and no, but like, so my kid likes to climb things, like let him do it. He likes to jump off things. Sweet. Okay. So it just gets, I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember what the original question was anymore, but <laughs> we're t- yeah, we're talking about, about mindset and about these, these foundations of our beliefs. Where did they come from? Are they true? And then how this, this course to college recruiting really at the foundation is about self-discovery. And I think the way that you can apply that in your career or in your career mind or focus is like, what is your end game? And like, why, why is that your end game? And then what else is included? So rather than setting out for a final destination of a specific title and a specific sport and a specific team, like what if we thought more about the lifestyle that we wanted to leave or the lead or the things that we wanted to do every day in our jobs? Is it important to lead people? Is it important to work solo? Is it important to have a continuing education? Is it important to teach? You know, what are those fundamentals? And then what if we chase the fundamentals rather than the end game? So maybe for a lot of these girls that are going through the course as well, like maybe hockey's all they've ever known. Like I was an athlete growing up. Soccer was all I knew. And I thought that's my dream was to play D1. Well, I got there as a walk-on. Turns out I wanted to find myself in college. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to lean into my education. I was a small town girl put in this huge university. That was its own set of challenges. And soccer wasn't going to get me to the end game. My classes were. And it was a that was a challenging road to endeavor, you know, on on my own. And I feel like, you know, me along with most of the women and even men that I talked to today, like we're still trying to find what that is in our careers as well. And learning through, through failure um, and taking a step back to really think about that next destination is vital because you get on a career track or career path. And it's like, it's so linear in theory or the way that we're taught, but it doesn't have to be, you can choose to go in any direction. You can, but the one thing that holds everyone back is the fear. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's, I don't know what that path looks like. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I'm scared. Know that everything is always working out for you. And if you have that belief, 
the universe or God or the angels or whoever, whatever religion you believe in, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. Whatever you believe in, they're going to support you. It's going to support you and it's going to propel you further into your purpose. But you have to let go of that resistance. You've got to let go of that end result and just have the belief that it's going to work out. And when you dive into that, however you need to do that, meditation, working out, journaling, writing, like whatever it may be, dive into it and do it. Because I guarantee you, once you, you let go and you believe, so many opportunities are going to present themselves to you. I guarantee you it. But it's just, it's again, letting go. And it's right on the other side of that tipping point. And what's so beautiful about what you're doing is your whole journey is to serve and to help women become who they're meant to be, whether that is the next greatest women's hockey player or someone who is no longer involved in the sport, but finds their success somewhere else. And that's why you're there. Like, that's why you're doing what you're doing because it's, it's such a selfless endeavor. You're helping so many, you're receiving that feedback that your work is good. And it's exciting to hear from you and get this advice and be coached, really coached by you still through this, through this podcast. And so I've got to ask you if you could extract one thing you've laid down, like oh my gosh, I have notes and notes and notes, but one thing that was the best piece of advice for women or girls to implement today so that we can level up tomorrow, what would it be? I think it would honestly be just be you. Be unapologetically you. Embrace your weirdness, your quirkiness, your your differences. That's That's what makes you you. And, and I think I say this because for the first 20, 21 years, I don't even know how old I was when I came out, but like I was hiding who I was. I was a lesbian. I am a lesbian, but I hid that for so long. And that's just one piece of who I am, right? I'm, I, and like now I'm so many other pieces, but like until I became me, like be you, be me, until I embraced who I was, I didn't find this purpose, this passion, this this willingness to serve others and to help other people because I was hiding from who I was. I wasn't ready to accept who I was. And that's the biggest thing is like, you just have to be yourself and you will, you will never please everyone. That's the, at the end of the day, you're, you're never going to please everyone ever. And when you stand in your truth and you stand in your power and you believe in who you are and you accept who you are, the right people are going to gravitate towards you. And that's, that's the beauty of life is like, now you have all these people around you that you've attracted because you are who you are and your life becomes so much more fulfilling and happy. And you're just, you're, you're, you're light. You're just emulating light. And so I guess it's, it's that and believing in yourself. So be you and believe in yourself because I think belief is the foundation uh, f- basically for those who have gone on to achieve greatness, right? If they believe in themselves, it's because, sorry, if they've achieved greatness, it's because they believed in themselves, right? And, and they believed it before they saw it. 
right? They, they felt it before it manifested. And at the end of the day, it all started with that, them believing in themselves and their abilities and their skills and then executing on them. At the end of the day, you still got to execute, right? You still got to show up every day and do what you got to do, but be you and believe in yourself. And they go so hand in hand. You've got to believe in yourself in order to be yourself. And you've got to be yourself in order to believe in yourself. It's sort of this, this circle, this circular thing that should really be at all of our, our cores. And it's, I just find it so interesting. I would say 99.999% of us have a really hard time showing up as our one and only authentic selves. And it's something that now we've, we've got to work on every day and lean into and practice and meditate on and mantra and journal and do all the things in order to, to really be, be us. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's a struggle? Yes. Because we care more about what other people think than what we think of ourselves. That's all it is. I could go on a 20 minute rant about that, but at the end of the day, that's why we're more concerned about the likes that we're going to get from that social post. The, if I say this in front of my family, there's, it's going to be met with a million questions and resistance. And at the end of the day, like we have to be so confident in who we are, which is why I started with that. Like be you, be confident in who you are, because if you love yourself, this is another piece. Maybe this is like the third piece of that question is love yourself. If you love yourself more than anything else in this world, and you're not looking for outside validation for it, no matter what anyone says about you to you in comments, whatever, it's not going to affect you because at the end of the day, you know that their reactions to what you posted, said, did, whatever, has more to do with them and their process and what they're going through than it has to do with what you actually said. You triggered them. What you said triggered them because of an old wound that they haven't healed yet. And that's their process to go through. So while they're coming back at you with a negative response of screw you, basically, like that's not true X, Y, and Z. It's like, you just let it go and say, I love you. I hope you heal. I hope whatever, like, don't even respond if you don't need to, but like, that's their process. So by you being your, again, by you being your true authentic self and expressing what you're thinking, feeling and everything else, like you're going to trigger people because that's going to hurt them because of some childhood wound they haven't healed. So you're actually doing them a service, even though you're making them angry because hopefully, and it doesn't happen for everybody. Some people just like to be comfortable. So they're not going to go and be uncomfortable by actually healing themselves, but you're, you're doing them a service by triggering them because it's, it's forcing them to internally reflect on who they are and who they want to be. I mean, I just, I've got coach and just running through my head. I mean, what, an, what a privilege for these young girls to have you in their life. I've got to ask you the, the question I ask every guest is to leave us with your favorite quote. I don't know when this popped into my life, but it's simple. It's tough times don't last, but tough people do. And it may have been when I was 11 years old and I lost my friend, she got killed in a car accident. 
it may have been shortly after when I lost my, you know, my Nana, my grandpa, like my dog, like neighbors, my best friend's mom. Like I lost a lot of people at a young age that at the time I didn't realize that it had that impact on me, but like, those were tough times. I remember just crying and then, you know, going through childhood and, and adulthood and everything else and like miscarriage and, you know, divorce and like everything else. I'm like, wow, like what is happening? Why am I being taught? Like, so I went into victim mode though. Right. And I always had this quote in my back of my head though. Tough times don't last what tough people do. So I'm like, why is this, why are all these things happening to me? Why, why, why? Right. Playing the victim. Right. And then I'm like, what if it's happening for me instead? What if all of these things are happening because it's forcing me to feel feelings that I wouldn't have never felt at 11 years old or 15 or 21 or whatever it may be or 30. And I'm like, okay. And like, so it, it changing your perception on when bad things happen of these tough times, like, okay, yeah, this really sucks, but what's the silver lining? What am I learning? What am I learning about myself? What am I, what am I gaining from this experience? This tough, this tough thing that I have to go through that no one wants to go through. I can either be the victim or the victor. Like it's, it's one or the other. And, and I finally realized that like these tough times, they really, it's, it's a season. They don't last. They don't like, and the pandemic, I feel like is the best example of like, there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Like this has been a long season, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. This isn't going to last forever. We all know this won't last forever. So the people that are going to get through it and be on the other side and happy and optimistic and like thriving are those, those tough people. It's, it's just embracing it. And, and I, don't get me wrong. I have my moments. I'm not perfect. Okay. Like I don't want anyone who's listening to think that I don't have my moments. I, I snap, I get sad. I cry. I cry in the shower. Like I'm not this in petrol. What's the word? Like impenetrable penetrable is that, a, is that a word is that a word yes, yes. I, that's not me like I I feel things and like it gets back to what you said at the beginning Emily of all of this is like feel the feelings I'm all about that like when I'm sad I feel it and I'll cry because the worst thing I can do is keep it all in and that's what I, I learned from a young age like when my friend died at 11 years old like I remember being at her memorial service and not crying because I thought I had to be tough. I thought I had to be strong so that her parents didn't see me cry. And then as soon as I got behind closed doors, I lost it, lost it. I bawled my eyes out. I still remember to this day, bawling my eyes out to the point that like my parents had to come get me. And so it, it, like, I'm, I'm human too. Like I have my moments and, and I, I allow myself to cry and to grieve and I give myself timeouts. Again, I went on a tangent, the quote, tough times don't last, tough people do, boom. You are a woman of resilience, perspective, perseverance. I got to call you coach Jacqueline Hawkins or coach Hawk. What a pleasure to talk to you today. CEO of women's hockey life. Thank you for being part of the leadership is female podcast and helping to lead us forward truly authentically vulnerably to be who we are meant to be. Thank you. Coach Jacqueline Hawkins was on fire in that episode. So grateful for her candor and all that she shared. And I've boiled it down to the top four takeaways. Number one, don't be derailed by others. Have a clear focus, clear mind, see yourself doing what you want to accomplish, then go out and do it with confidence. Number two, belief. 
Bottom line, it all comes back to belief. The mindset around that after having a heartbreaking failure, belief. Ask yourself, now what? And make the plan, and that plan includes believing in yourself. Number three, you are your biggest hurdle. You are your biggest limitation. Get out of your own way and let yourself shine. And number four, how do I wait and be patient for the dream I am seeking? Let go of the end result and expectation of when that will happen and focus on navigating the path to get there by putting one foot in front of the other. Recite positive affirmations along the way. As soon as you let go of the expectation of what you think it should be, you make space for the result to become bigger than your wildest dreams. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.